The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown! 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 Georgia! Now, here are your host, two-time All-American punter, Drew Butler. Drew Butler, leader in the country in punts 49-plus. See if he booms this one. He does. Wow! And Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, and SEC championship winning quarterback, Jake Fromm. Clean flicker to get the night started. Downfield looking for Godwin. Into his hands. And guess which dogs are barking first? Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Dogs are winners. A national championship for a new generation of Bulldogs. Victory is mine, yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Welcome in to the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined alongside my co-host, Jake From, Be sure to follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. He is at From Jake. Head on over to puntandpass.com, the number one destination for all things college football. If you did head over to puntandpass.com before the weekend started, maybe you bought a little bit of merch, checked out our YouTube page, or went to our picks, you would know that Jake Fromm went 5-0 and last weekend. 5-0 and against the spread in week seven, Let's which go. is very, very impressive. It was a tough week, man. A lot of good action, um, and you had it. Right down pat, five and zero against the spread, which takes you to twenty and fifteen on the season. Look, I went two and three. I wasn't that bad, uh, but you, my friend, are doing very well. Man, well, uh, just got lucky every once in a while. Blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Uh, but it was a lot of good games, so it's pretty tough. Not trying to uh, pick myself all up at all, but uh, it was some tough games this weekend for sure. No doubt, dude. Very tough. You did get lucky. Uh, a blind squirrel does find a nut. And if you listening have gotten lucky recently um, and you're thinking about maybe proposing or you need to go get a piece of jewelry for your significant other, look no further than Solomon Brothers Jewelers. That's right. This episode of Punt and Pass is presented to you by Solomon Brothers Jewelers. Why Solomon Brothers? Well, because they've got the lowest prices on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds guaranteed. The largest diamond and jewelry inventory in the Southeast. And Solomon Brothers is for anyone with any budget. If you go into one of their two awesome locations, one's in Alpharetta just past the Avalon. The other is in Buckhead, 17th floor Tower Place. You can mention the Punt and Pass podcast or just mention myself or Jake and get 10% off your jewelry purchase. Head on over to at Solomon Brothers on Instagram and Twitter solomonbrothers.com and please check us out on social media because solomon brothers is doing a giveaway with the punt and pass podcast to round out the month of october at solomon brothers on instagram and twitter solomonbrothers.com the biggest selection the best quality lowest prices and an in-store experience that is totally unmatched all right jake let's go three and out what was unmatched as well was the slate of games this past weekend and we will start with the one that everybody wants to discuss that of course have to alabama 
yeah. against Tennessee. So much excitement heading into this game, college game day back in Knoxville for the second time in three weeks. And, buddy, it lived up to the hype. Tennessee beats Alabama 52 <laughs> to 49. Dude, this game was wild. Yes, it was insane. I guess both teams decided they didn't want to play defense. Uh, it's the most points Alabama has given up since 1907. That is so crazy. Crazy. I, know. crazy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's like the first time Tennessee's beat Alabama in, what, 15 years? Yep. Um, I, I mean, just absolutely insane. And Alabama arguably should have won the game, had every opportunity to. Um, for me, obviously, everybody's going to look at the kick. Uh, you know, the kick was wide right. They missed it. Um, but I thought they could have executed better on that four downs they had to give them and and, and get into better field goal position. Um, all they had to do was complete a complete a ball over the middle, uh, clock four. Um, you get eight extra yards. You wind the clock down that way. Yeah. Tennessee doesn't have the opportunity to go down and score. So yes, one of the very few times where I thought it was maybe mismanaged. Um, and I mean, they threw the ball four times, went 0 for 4, and didn't move the ball, didn't hardly waste any time off the clock. And so Tennessee has the opportunity to go down and score after the missed field goal, throw up two or three incredible balls. The one they <laughs> so caught, crazy. I mean, was just insane. Um, and then also, uh, you can't help but mention just a little bit of an undisciplined football team in Alabama with their penalties. We saw a little bit, 15 penalties, dude. And it was they still in, scored 49 points. That yeah. is insane. So it's, it's a testament to how good they are, but also just the uphill battle. They're just putting on themselves um, to be a good football team. And we saw it in week two versus Texas. Um, and it came back to bite them in the rear end. Uh, versus Tennessee because they're a little bit better football team than Texas was. If I would have told you when we recorded our podcast last Wednesday evening that Bryce Young was going to have 455 yeah. passing yards, that Jameer Gibbs was going to run for over 100 yards and three touchdowns, and that Alabama was going to lose 49 points and lose, what would you have said? I would have said you're you're crazy. Uh, crazy. One, I, I didn't I didn't think Bryce was going to be as healthy as he was. They did a he great was job. A warrior. Yeah, they did a great job of playing it in the media, which, you know, smart and kudos to them for you know, playing it off. That way they had to do a little bit that Tennessee during the week had to do both, um, had to do the not wildcat stuff, but all the quarterback run stuff that Milrow does. And, you know, and, and that way they had they, they had to do more, it was more on their plate uh, for those guys in preparing. And obviously it worked a little bit. They scored 49 points and should have scored yeah. 52. Yeah, uh, Tennessee, look, they had two turnovers to Alabama's only one total yards. Alabama had 569. Tennessee had 567. Alabama had 32 first downs. Tennessee had 29 first downs. So these guys were right with them from an offensive pace standpoint. And then get this, Jake. I thought this was crazy. Alabama, time of possession, 37 minutes and 29 seconds to Tennessee's only 22 minutes mm. And 31 seconds. Wow. You talked about uh, the last minute of the game. I know people who listen to this podcast oftentimes hear us discuss situational football. That right there, people, is situational football. Huge. Using the clock, not giving Tennessee the opportunity to get the ball back with any time left, putting your kicker in a better position, running plays that will allow Alabama to utilize timeouts and, and not have to stress in those types of situations. Will Reichert's kick, a 50-yarder, from the right hash, tough kick. 
no gimme whatsoever. You know, I would have preferred to be on the left hash. Maybe Will prefers it on the right hash. He hit a good ball, never started online, just kept it out to the right. What was there, 18 seconds left, 15 seconds left? Yeah. then Hooker gets the ball. Two amazing plays. They have a timeout. They clock it, and they line up Chase McGrath for that 40-yarder. Now, that kick getting tipped, the knuckleball duck Ooh. still crossing oh. over the goalpost. Oh. That's how you know it's their night. Uh, yeah. Alabama defensive lineman blew through the offensive line. He yeah. tipped it. I've never seen a football with that rotation ever. Um, and it went through the uprights <laughs> for through. a win. And then they yeah. went absolutely nuts, stormed the field, ripped down the goalpost. It's funny, though. It makes you think, and you've said it on this podcast. Um, our buddy, the poor man, Ryan Skates, said it as well all week long. He's like, is this what life could be like? with Alabama not being the boogeyman that they have been in the past. Alabama, uh, the muffed punt. Remember when when McKinstry gets away from it and the tight end thinks it's been touched and he goes and tries to get it and he just they just gave the ball back to Tennessee. That never happens with Alabama. Uh, the turnovers never happens. Out of Alabama. Yep. And then you talk about 15 penalties, Jake. I mean, that is so against the grain of what Alabama stands for. It's like, What's going on? Is it a lack of focus? Is it a lack of discipline? But 15 penalties, you will get your ass kicked in any game. It is remarkable that they still scored 49 points with that many self-inflicted wins. Yeah, yeah I, I completely agree. I mean, that's just very undisciplined, very non-Alabama football-like. Um, and then just the uphill battle that they're still almost able to it's overcome. It's crazy. It's yeah. still even crazy. Um yeah, I, I just it's it, it blows my mind. Um, and then uh, Tennessee, what I thought was very interesting is uh, now the uh, the athletic department or somebody in Tennessee is starting a GoFundMe for those goalposts. Yeah, that yeah. Uh, they stormed the field, and took off. Like I think they got fined a hundred grand, which is like standard yeah. practice for the SEC. But I don't think they care. The fans certainly did not care. It looked like a pretty damn fun time for sure. Oh man, I, I bet they're still still rocking up there in Rocky Top, but. To me, like the athletic department, come on, guys, y'all just y'all suck it up, y'all pay it. Don't just, I mean, don't just don't, dive don't, into the pockets. Don't bring us into it. Don't don't bring the fans into it. I mean that uh, that was more more their night, the fans' night, and obviously the you know the guys in the locker room. But uh, come on, don't don't do that. Fast start for Tennessee. I mean, major shout out to Hendon Hooker, who's got to be right up there with C.J. Stroud for for Heisman love right now. He went twenty one of 30, 385 yards. Five touchdowns against one interception, and I'd be remiss and, not and to that, talk and about Jalen Hyatt. Was, yeah, that was that one receiver too, Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, six catches, two hundred and seven yards, five touchdowns. Unbelievable, dude. I mean, I'm sitting there watching the game, going, "This is crazy." And as everybody knows, my wife went to Alabama, so you're watching the game, and it's just like, "This is it, man. This is insane." Now, of course. Um, Tennessee coming to Athens November 5th. That's in two and a half weeks from now. That game will be massive. I saw a statistic yesterday. I, I would need to bring it up, but I don't believe there's been a top three ranked matchup in Sanford Stadium since maybe like the early 80s or something. Maybe it was a Clemson Georgia game, but it has yeah. been a very, very long time. I saw, yeah, I saw some a similar stat, what you're talking about, where it's, it's one of the, the highest matchup games in a very, very long time. Uh, and you know, it's a big deal because this morning I clicked on my iPad and I you know, was typing in the Google bar or whatever um, to look at the stats from the Georgia versus Vandy game. And I type in Georgia versus, and Tennessee, then it, Tennessee. it immediately comes up Tennessee tickets. Okay. That, that's how you know. That's how you know it's going to be a big one. 
So my buddy Chris Marler from Saturday Down South, uh, great social media follow at Vern Funquist. I, I think he does it right. He has fun. He jokes around, but he's got really good content, and he is an Alabama fan. So Friday or Saturday, he was talking about the game. He was talking about, you know, there's too much hope in Rocky Top. Bama's going to whoop up on Tennessee. And I was starting to think that too, Jake, just leading into the game. I was like, I just have a bad feeling about this. This is just another game for Alabama. I said it on last week's podcast. You don't just beat Bama. You have to take your lumps. You have to have that like gut-wrenching, heartbreaking type pain and then get over uh, what should be a victory against the Crimson Tide. So I compiled a list for him. I was like, okay, I know exactly what's going to happen here. If Alabama does lose, you're going to need a list of excuses to pull from, right? Because it's not just going to be, oh, Tennessee was better than us. So I put together a list for him, (laughs) and um, I said, here is all I can fit into one tweet. I said, number one. Bryce Young is not 100%, right? Pretty standard procedure. He's been injured. That that was Um, an easy one. That was a gimme. Yeah, that was a gimme. And then number two, I said, where did this go? Um, Okay, here we go. Sorry. Where did it go? Okay, here we go. Found it. No. Yes. The list of excuses for any Alabama fan heading into the game this past weekend. Number one, Bryce Young is not 100%. Number two, Alabama's won 15 straight. Tennessee was bound to win one. Number three, ex Alabama player, ex Alabama player got hurt during the game. That's unfair. Number four, the refs didn't give us the calls we are used to getting. Number five, Josh Heupel cheated and had a mole inside Alabama's football facility. Uh Number six, just cry. So an Alabama fan jumped onto this tweet, not named Chris, and he was like, Alabama, the refs have been calling everything against Alabama all season. You must not watch football because that take is objectively false. And I said, well, hold on a second. What are you arguing? If you're talking about 2022, well, I don't really care. Welcome to the rest of the world, right? Yeah. The shoe is on the other foot. Sucks for you because for 15 straight years, Alabama has gotten every call. Every oh, yeah. call. Every referee is so worried about upsetting Lord Saban, is so worried about calling something bad against the Tide. And if it has happened this year, they had 15 penalties on Saturday. Well, welcome. Welcome yeah. to what everybody has had to deal with against Alabama for years past. So it's just funny tweet. It's always fun to jump on social media, especially during a crazy game like that. But Alabama, <clears throat> 15 penalties, tough, man. That is tough. And they go down to Tennessee, 52 to 49. I got I got one more thing on the game, too. Uh, and if Hinton Hooker does move on, continues the year that he is having, uh, this quote-unquote Heisman season, you can't help but say that was his Heisman moment last game with 15, 16 seconds, whatever it was, yeah, going down sure. scoring uh, and winning the football game. So, I mean, that is that is so hard to do. Reminds me a lot of that uh, Bills-Chiefs game yeah. last year in the AFC Championship game. Uh, that's what that game reminded me a ton of. And, yeah, man, I, I thought he balled out. I thought, I mean, both quarterbacks absolutely balled out. Uh, we're just playing at the top of their game. Um but just, uh, it was just it, it was just who had, who had the ball last. And yeah, as he did. You are totally right. All right, let's go to second down. Uh, Georgia AP poll still right number one. Ohio State's number two now. Tennessee number three. Um, remarkable. Yeah. How about this though? Reddit college football game, uh, which man, is a great. So did glad. you see this? Oh did yeah. Did you see I this? It. I was at the game. It was like halftime. I was scrolling through it, and I saw it. I'm like, no way. I'm about to send this to Drew, and then I saw that you had yeah. retweeted it. Yeah. So Reddit College Football, which is a great social media um, follow on Twitter at Reddit CFB, 
They said, prepare yourself for an all SEC college football playoff. How does this happen? Well, I will prepare you and take it how you want. Who cares what the champs are or whatever. 12 and one SEC champion, Alabama. 12 and one SEC runner up, Georgia Bulldogs. 11 and one Tennessee with their only loss to Georgia. And an 11 and one Ole Miss team with their only loss being to Alabama for an entirely Southeastern Conference college football playoff. Now, is that possible? Uh, technically, yes. What else happens in the world of college football? I don't know. Michigan looked pretty good this past weekend. They dominated Penn State. Sean Clifford got knocked out. They could not stop a nosebleed in the run game. Ohio State, of course, looks really good. Yeah. Look, man, Big 12 probably on the outside looking in. Pac-12 as well. USC lost to Utah, which was a crazy game. We'll get to that in a bit. But the committee, Jake, the college football committee is going to have their hands full in a big, big way. And those first rankings come out in two weeks. Man, that is, that's going to be tough. You know, just looking at it, Ohio State and Michigan, obviously they're going to play themselves, there's, you know, themselves later in the year. I believe it's week 12, week 13. It's the last week of the regular season. Week, yeah. yeah. And then they, they have the Big they 10 championship other. game. Yep. Um, so uh, that's going to be tough. You got Clemson. I think you can make the argument over Clemson just because of their schedule. Um, of yeah. Putting, putting in an Ole Miss over Clemson. I mean, they almost lost to Florida State last weekend, 34 to 28. Um, I know uh, Florida State had 14 points in the fourth quarter to make it closer than what it was. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's – but there's still a lot of good football teams left. Most, I mean, UCLA 6-0, TCU 6-0. Yeah. Uh, Syracuse is 6-0. Yeah. They're playing Clemson this weekend. That's a big game. Uh, my boys <clears> USC <throat> lost this weekend to Utah in a – you know, you know, Did you see the end of that game? I didn't see the end of it. I watched. I watched the halftime. They went yeah. for two at the very end of the game. Cam Rising was like, "You know what? Let's just go for two and take this sucker home." And they freaking got it and walked out with a victory. I was like, "Wow!" I was hoping for overtime so they could cover and lay the three and a half. <laughs> but of course, they didn't, uh, yeah. and that game was done. You picked USC plus the three and a half, so you—that's what rounded out your perfect five and a weekend. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Man, just sometimes winners just win. What, no what doubt, I dude. No I mean, or, Oregon is still hanging around there. They're probably oh, yeah. one. And their only losses to, one to the dogs. I know. So... 
I, look, there's still a lot to to get figured out and a lot going on, but just college football, man, it's crazy. It's it so much fun. Only, yeah, it's only gonna get crazier. That, that's the beauty of this awesome sport. It's only gonna get crazier. Uh, and what else is going on? All right, let's go to third down. Uh, it's the week eight big watch of the week presented by Solomon Brothers. That's right. At Solomon Brothers on Twitter and Instagram, SolomonBrothers.com. Solomon Brothers Jewelers have the lowest prices on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds, excuse me, guaranteed. They also offer interest-free financing. They've got custom jewelry design, lifetime diamond upgrades, and their stores. They are absolutely beautiful, and they've got unreal service. You've got to go check out Solomon Brothers, two locations, one in Alpharetta just past Avalon, the other in Buckhead, 17th floor of Tower Place. What is the big watch of the week coming up for week eight, Jake? We've got a bunch more ranked matchups i absolutely love it you just mentioned syracuse undefeated number 14 ranked syracuse heading into death valley to take on the fifth ranked clemson tigers acc going to figure out who they are out west in the pac-12 you've got the number 10 undefeated ucla bruins heading up to eugene to take on the ninth ranked oregon ducks i believe that is where college game day is headed jake so bo Nix will be getting a ton of love on the media train there. And then in the SEC, what's going on with Alabama? Can they bounce back after an absolutely gut-wrenching loss to Tennessee? Number 24, Mississippi State, who got beat down by Kentucky this past weekend, heading into Tuscaloosa to take on the sixth rank now. Alabama Crimson Tide, it never feels correct when you say sixth rank. And then yeah. Texas, Quinn Ewers. Look, there's a lot of football on. That's why it's the big watch of the week heading into week eight. Number 20, Texas, taking on number 11, Oklahoma State. That's it, man. Look, we are in the meat of the college football season. Of course, Georgia on a bye week. So is Florida gearing up for the game in Jacksonville yeah. the week after this weekend. But your week eight, big watch of the week presented by Salmon Brothers. I would have to lean towards that ACC matchup of unbeatens, number 14 Syracuse at number five Clemson. Yeah, you like that one? See, I uh, I was just looking at Syracuse's schedule here because I'm like, well, how, how are they 6-0? I'm uh, just trying to figure it out. Uh, they play Louisville, they play Kentucky. Uh, sorry, Played UConn, uh, Connecticut, uh, Purdue, Virginia, Wagner. Now, and they just played NC State. So NC State's been their yeah, best without game. Devin Leary. Yeah. So, you know, are they for real? I don't know. But this is it's it's that time in the season where the schedule is starting to to catch up, and you in these next two to three weeks, you're going to find out the the posers, and you're going to figure out the guys who are are here for real. So, um. I don't know. For me, I, I really like that UCLA game and Oregon game. Okay. Personally, I, yeah. I do. I, I, I think uh, uh, what Chip Kelly and them have going on at UCLA, Oregon's the only game they've they've lost has been to the dogs. It's been that first game of the year. Uh, Bo Nix has just been better. Uh, move on That's here. That's the 3.30 in, game. This into next the middle of the schedule. So I, I really I really like that one. Love it. Love it, man. Great, great weekend coming up. Um, and, of course, you mentioned getting into the meat of the schedule, finding out who teams are. Georgia, certainly about to get into that meat of the schedule. Let's go inside the five. Let's wrap up your five and a weekend. Um, unbelievable. And we'll start with that Georgia game. 55 to nothing against Vanderbilt. I believe that brings the tally to what is 62 plus 55 to zero. Cause that's what Georgia has done to Vanderbilt the past two seasons. Ooh. They took care of business. They covered a 38 point spread. The total was 58 and a half. It goes under because Georgia scored 55 points. It's exactly what you wanted to see, right, Jake? Yeah, taking care of the football, yeah, executing, doing what you're supposed to do, get into the bye week, get healthy, and get ready for what will be a season-defining four-week stretch 
on yeah. the back side of the schedule. You, you mentioned it earlier, so I'll bring it back. The time of possession here, the dogs had the ball 39 minutes out of yeah. a 60 minute game uh, to Vanderbilt's 21, which is that it's usually not that lopsided. Usually you're going to see, you know, we talk about a standard deviation here of standard 30, deviation. Do you yeah. want Nikon? <laughs> Business 4000. I like okay. that. Uh, so 30 minutes is obviously half. Usually you don't get anything more than like 30, 34 minutes on each way. And then to have 39 is insane. So um, that's good. I mean, they did a great job with first downs. It's something to look at. Usually 30 the, first downs. Vanderbilt yeah, only had 10. Usually the goal is like, and this is the goal too, not what you normally achieve. The goal was like 21, 22 first downs, and they had 31, which is they're moving the ball. They're staying on schedule. Um, you, know, you guys but would talk about the number of first downs you wanted to get. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yep. Third down efficiency, insane. When you're eight, eight of, 13. of thirteen, yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Anytime you're over fifty percent, you're you're balling as a as a unit and as a group. So, hundred ninety two um, rushing yards. Yeah, and and five hundred and seventy nine total yards. Yeah, and when you look at it too, it's it's by committee too. Yeah, like uh, the, the rushing. They're they're spreading the love. Uh, Dejon, he's at forty nine yards. Kenny's at forty three. I mean, Cash had a run for thirty six. Branson, he's at 34, eight carries for 34 yards. So they're doing it by committee and even receiving two. Darnell had a big game. Oh, but that's, that was awesome. Yeah, His catch that, was ca- awesome. that catch he had, you know, ne- never never needed the left hand at all. Just, just stuck it. looked it. like he almost deflated the football by snagging it out of the air. Like it, it, it looked like if there was a sound effect on the television screen, it would have gone the way he I, just grabbed it out of the air and never even thought about bringing it in with his left hand. Yeah, I thought uh, the uh, the guy calling the game, I don't know who it was. But I Taylor he, Zarzer and Matt Stinchcomb, yeah. Yeah, did a great job. He said, is Georgia playing with youth footballs? Because <laughs> It's what it looked like. Yeah, I mean, just stuck it, brought it down. So I, I thought that was a, a great comment, a great call on that one. Um, but, but receiving, too, by committee, you got Big O, uh, Dylan Bell on the scene, five catches, 54 yards, Lad McConkey at 49 yards, uh, Marcus Rosemey. 48, I, just Dom, Kiaris, I mean, just it's just doing it by committee. So it's not not one guy. And um, I don't know, to me, there's a lot of good to see there. And it, you can you can make an argument for a question that maybe they do need a guy, but uh, I, I'm, I'm liking this stuff by committee. And it's really yeah. good for them to get healthy here in this bye week and move on to that meat of the schedule. This four-week stretch is going to be a tough one. No doubt. Um Zero complaints getting out of this Vanderbilt game. 55 to nothing. Georgia takes care of business. Yeah. Stetson Bennett kind of gets back on track. He was 24 30, 289, yeah. two touchdowns. Talking about Carson Beck, he looked Man. really good. Eight yeah. of 11, 98 yards, and two touchdowns. He can sling it. He is your prototypical yeah. tall, stand in the pocket and deliver seeds type quarterback. And it's really good, Jake, to see him execute in game. I don't care who it's against. In-game execution yeah, gives everybody, fan base, coaching staff, teammates, the confidence to say this guy can answer the bell when called upon. Completely agree. It is it is no easy task to just get thrown in, and I hate to say this, but to, to go and get quote-unquote garbage time and to go out and, and compete and to execute because it's just, it's, just it's just not easy. You've spent the entire game chilling on the sideline. You had the pregame warm-ups three hours ago. Yeah. I mean, you're not loose. It's just, uh, it's just nothing about it is just an ideal situation. But to go in and execute uh, the way he does, and basically picking up right where they left off, and even creating more of a spark is just awesome to see. And a guy who, you know, he's laser focused into the game. 
you know, he's not out there just just cutting up on the sideline. Yep. I mean, the dude's focused when 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 he goes in and does that. He's focused. He's locked in, uh, and he's ready to go at a moment's notice. Absolutely, absolutely. So very very good sound football game by Georgia against Vanderbilt this past weekend. Let's touch on that Penn State Michigan game real quick. I thought Penn State was going to play this one really close. There are statistics out there that will tell you James Franklin against top 10 teams. I don't know what the hell I was thinking about trying to bet uh, Penn State, but Sean Clifford gets knocked out of the game. They're starting quarterback, and they couldn't stop a nosebleed. I mean, Michigan was running all over them. It was ridiculous. Michigan dominates Penn State at home 41-17. to It was like Michigan looks for real, dude. Yeah, it was like a it was like a stat. It was like halfway through the second quarter where the game Penn State was winning and they shouldn't have. I mean, the stats were just oh yeah, it was when they had that pick six. It was a pick six and another turnover. Um and and uh Sean Clifford had 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 uh run off on this huge run. Seven, yep, yep. He yep, got caught up the, inside the 10-yard line. The safety got messed up with his eye discipline, and he runs 67 yards, and they end up scoring on fourth down, I think, fourth and goal there. So, anyway, Penn State was winning and shouldn't had no business even being in the same stadium as Michigan up to that point. Um, but, obviously, it ended up being what it should have been, a blowout, because yeah. they just – they. I mean, could not compete with Michigan at all. Michigan, Michigan looks pretty damn good, football. man. Yeah. yeah, Michigan looks pretty damn good. looks like they will not be scared of Ohio State later on this season, and I would expect there's always some sort of funkiness in the Big Ten, especially as yeah. the weather starts getting colder and, and yep. kind of all bets are off and it evens out some of these matchups. But I would expect both Penn State – excuse me, Ohio State and Michigan to be undefeated at the end of the season. We talked ad nauseum about Tennessee beating Bama. Of course, the Vols win 52-49. to Some Pac-12 action – USC goes down. They were seven and zero, ranked number seven yeah. to Utah. So Utah wins at home, forty three to forty two, further muddying the waters in the Pac twelve. Yep. It looks like UCLA in that Oregon game, like you said, your big watch of the week by Solomon Brothers, is that top ten Pac twelve matchup between the Bruins and the Ducks. After after watching the first half of this one, I thought USC had it in the bag, but they are kind of watching them. It's kind of like a roller coaster watching them because they'll just bounce off and, and have a, an eight game or an eight play drive where there's no way you're stopping them. Caleb Williams is just yeah. unstoppable. And then they'll do a couple of things. And you're like, Oh, what? How did, how did you go from that to that? It just, it looks like they're at, at practice and just had a bad couple of plays, but um, maybe some more consistent play out of it, out of them uh, moving forward. But, I mean, they're a good football team. I mean, they they scored 42 points and should have won this football game. It's very similar, I think, to the Tennessee-Alabama game, whoever had the ball last and, and for so sure. to speak. But for sure, another I, awesome I, I, game. Yeah, I yeah, think they're still went, right in the mix. I, I would totally agree with you. Um, and that game's going to be awesome this weekend. So I can't wait to tune into that one, especially as college game day will be there as well. Did you watch any college game day this past week uh, with Peyton Manning on it? Well, uh, just a tad, yeah. Okay. I, I I got Go mixed I got mixed reviews on my group texts. They were saying, oh, yeah? "What's going on here?" I wasn't watching it. I was at the pumpkin. I mean, patch I mean, fill, fill, yeah, fill me in. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, just saying the shtick might be a little bit overplayed. The shtick to Coach Saban's face is a little bit uncomfortable to watch. Um, but time and a place, like that's what College Game Day is now. Um, Corso is back, so good for him. Knock on wood. Hopefully, he stays healthy. Yeah, it's interesting. 
Um, but those, you know, the scenes in Knoxville were just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, it was really, really cool. There was a great, great game in the Big 12 as well. TCU takes down Oklahoma State in two overtimes, 43 to 40. So TCU still remains undefeated. But um, yeah, Jake, unbelievable weekend of college football. Again, you went 5-0 and against the spread to take you to 20-15 and on the season. I went 2-3. and I'm 12-23, and which is not good by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination. But I'm working to get better. I am working to get better. So I guess my last question is this. It's a bye week for Georgia coming up, so so we'll touch on a little bit of everything. Maybe on Thursday's episode, we kind of give our thoughts on the midpoint of the 2022 season. But watching Tennessee and what they did from an offensive standpoint against Alabama, knowing that they are coming to Athens in a couple of weeks, how do you feel about that matchup for Georgia? Um, are you optimistic? Are you um, a little pessimistic? Are you thinking Tennessee's going to come in and just hang it up like they did against Alabama when they play the dogs? You know, I actually, I feel really good about it. And the reason I do one is because we're playing at home. Okay. Uh, both of Tennessee's biggest games have been at home for them. Yes. Florida I, and Alabama. I, I think definitely helps. Um, and then two, I, I like the matchup with our DBs better versus their receivers. I don't think Alabama has the same one, the same dudes playing receiver and the same dudes playing DB as mm-hmm. they once did um, with all those draft guys they had, they've had coming out the past yeah. couple of years. So um, I, no, I'm a noticeable difference from their perimeter skill players for yeah. sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be a really good matchup for Keely Ringo. Uh, yes. I mean, basically I, I promise every NFL scout is going to be dialed in oh, man. To this game to watch. It just, they, they are. Uh, and Kamari lasted on the other side. It's hey, game well, time. Hey, you know what's coming. Get ready. Uh, and so I, I really like the matchup a lot better. Um, I, I, I feel really good about it. Um, I do two, too. Good. <laughs> um, I was watching the game, and you know, obviously everybody's watching the game, but my my very close friend Tony Morelli, who is a huge Tennessee fan, shout out to Tony. I'm sure he's still probably a little bit hungover. I was like, dude, is Tennessee scoring too fast? Like, hold on to the ball a little bit so that Bryce Young and Alabama can't get the ball back and then take all the time off the clock. This is from our buddy Chris Smaller, who I was talking about earlier, at Vern Frundquist. Tennessee had seven total touchdown drives versus Alabama. Six of the seven were in less than two minutes. Five of the seven were five plays or less. Four of the seven were in less than one minute and two seconds. Three of their final scoring drives, including the game-winning field goal, were from three plays and lasted under 55 seconds. I mean, it was like a couple plays, boom, score. couple plays, boom, score. I'm like, slow it down just a little bit. But to their credit, they won the game, Jake. I do not think that kind of pace will be put up against Georgia's defense. Tennessee plays Kentucky the week before the Georgia game. Kentucky has a bye before they play Tennessee. Kentucky just shut down Mississippi State. Say what you want about Mississippi State. That game is in Neyland, the Kentucky-Tennessee game. That is a heated rivalry between those two teams. How did they get lucky with the schedule? I don't know. I don't know. But Kentucky having a bye week to scheme up against what Josh Heupel did, which was open up the playbook entirely against Alabama. Watch out. And that could be a look-ahead spot for Tennessee. It could also be a look-ahead spot for Georgia taking on Florida. It's all setting up to be a great matchup, though. I Sorry I, to get I know, don't, a little I bit don't, off the rocker there. I don't want them to lose, though. No, neither do I. Yeah. Neither do I. I, I just want, think that could be a little bit more of a look at it's like a closer game, slower yeah. start. Um, 
you know, Kentucky coming off the bye week, that gives me a little bit reason to think, hey, they could scheme some stuff up, yeah. figure out how to slow down this offense. But it's the beauty of college football, man. You got to play the games. That's it. That's it. Uh, and two, um, you, you can't help say it to all my rednecks out there. I love how Georgia does with their schedule. Um, and how there's a bye week before Florida, which yeah. is the opening, opening day of, of gun season. season. Man, gun awesome. season. Yeah, it's they do a great job with that. So where will you go? Will you go back down to Warner Robins? Uh, I don't know. I don't know okay. where I'll be. Um, Did you go to Warner Robins High School or Houston County? I went to Houston County. My brother spent two years at Houston County and then transferred to Warner Robins. Um, and then went 2006 to- Georgia High School State Playoffs semifinals. Peachtree Ridge beat Warner Robins in the Georgia Dome, 13 to seven. No big deal. I had two field goals. No big deal. Um, so, you know, those North Atlanta boys took care of business. Appreciate you bringing up the glory days. There, yes, Drew. of course. Of course. I have got my high school championship ring on, too. You just can't see it. If you're on YouTube, you can see I wear it every night to bed. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, that was always fun, man. Thanks for wrapping up week seven. And thank yes, you sir. for tuning in. As always, on our early week episodes, this episode was presented to you by Solomon Brothers. Why Solomon Brothers? Well, they are the best. Simple as that. Family owned and operated since 1982. That's over 35 years. Solomon Brothers has the largest diamond and jewelry inventory in the Southeast. The store is for anyone with any budget. If you mention Punt and Pass or myself or Jake, you get 10% off your jewelry purchase at Solomon Brothers on Instagram and Twitter. SolomonBrothers.com. Two locations. One in Alpharetta, just past the Avalon. The other, Buckhead, 17th floor, Tower Place. Follow us on social media. At Punt and Pass Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Drew Butler. He is at from Jake PuntandPass.com, and we will talk to you on Thursday. See ya. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President Stacy Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacy's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia.